Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm going to take a moment to give you a view from above. I'm going to talk about Amazon and explain black wealth by helping you guys understand how Amazon started as a tiny little company that wasn't worth a dime and turned into a trillion dollar behemoth that created over a million jobs. So we're going to talk about Amazon, but then turn it right back to black folks and what we can do by having a vision for our children and for the future of our community. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Good morning. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means that we educate our kids. Black first means we teach our kids wealth. Black first means that we are a uh, smart, uh, consciously wealth-driven uh, community. You must be financially intentional if you want to get ahead. You will not be successful by accident. So there's this company called Amazon uh, that you guys have heard of. Uh, how many of you know how big Amazon is? How many of you have marveled at how massive, uh, how massively they make money? Make money? Uh, how they're literally able to make? I want to say maybe maybe it's ten or twenty or thirty million dollars a day. In fact, I want to say they might have made a hundred million dollars a day at one point or something insane like that uh give me a yes if you followed that and uh, and i i thought i realized that when, when you know when we talk about entrepreneurship and black owned business and black institution building i realized that unfortunately we have a culture where we're trained to not believe that we can do things for ourselves i think that we have a culture unfortunately where we're trained to chase jobs and hope for the best and go to church and pray to white jesus and hope that uh some white guy decides to create a business that will hire us instead of realizing that we, if he can create the business, then we can create the business. Give me a yes in the chat if you believe that we can do anything anybody else can do. And Dr. Paul Anderson talks uh, uh, specifically in many cases about how the lack of business development in the black community, the, the, the lack of black owned businesses has really harmed you in so many ways. It's made you weak and powerless. It's caused a lot of your children to struggle. A lot of black folks become professionals and then they go to work and they're mad about the microaggressions. They're mad about how they're treated on the corporate plantation. They're mad that they don't get the same jobs as the white guys. And what we're trained to do is we're trained to complain, 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 instead of actually uh, learning from what we're seeing and growing uh, into what we can become. So uh, what I decided to do was do something that um, I almost want to call this view from above. It's, and it's a series where I, I want to just go through and break down the history of some of these great companies that you see. So y'all act like everybody else's ice is cold. Y'all y'all act like the white man just has uh, gold nuggets coming out of his butt. Y'all act like he can do things y'all can't do. And the reality is that, look, I ain't got to even hate nobody. I don't hate white folks. I don't hate anybody. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I love black people. I believe that we can do anything everybody else can do. So we struggle sometimes from a lack of vision, which comes from a lack of confidence. So what I decided is I said, let me just let me just tell my folks some of the histories of some of these companies, these companies you admire. You know, you, everybody gets excited. Like, like, oh, my cousin got a job at UPS. Way to go. You got that job. Right. But they don't understand that UPS started off as a raggedy little company with two 19 year olds that were delivering packages on their bikes a lot of y'all got 19 year olds and a lot of y'all got bikes how many y'all can afford a bike how many y'all got a night have had a 19 year old in your house <laughs> it started ups started with a 19 year old or, or james casey i think that's his name who uh, was delivering packages on his bikes 
Now UPS is worth $157 billion. So, uh, so I, you know, I said, okay, you know what? Maybe instead of uh, being uh, upset over the fact that our people don't necessarily have the confidence that we need, maybe I can give you all some confidence. Maybe I can put a battery in your back a little bit by showing you that all these people, all these companies that you admire, all these corporations that you look up to, all these people that you want to be connected to, where you feel like you need other people to validate you, all these people that you think you got to get down with in order for you to become somebody, that they started off as nobodies. They just made you believe and helped you understand that they are somebody like companies like amazon this is uh i want y'all to look at this picture hit the thumbs up hit the hit the thumbs up and uh also subscribe while i talk to you about this does anybody recognize who's in that picture what who is in that picture right there does anybody see who's who's that name the person that is in the picture that i'm putting on the screen right now if you're listening on spotify or on apple which you can find by looking up the dr boyce breakdown you won't see the picture but let me tell you who's in this picture this is a man named Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos was a, like a lot of the kids in your house. A lot of you got kids that are going to go to college and going to become engineers. Jeff Bezos was a nerd and a techie. He knew his way around a computer. How many of y'all got kids in your house that know their way around a computer? How many of y'all got kids in your house that might become engineers? How many of y'all uh, have people in your family that are mathematically inclined or whatever the case may be, good at school? That's what Jeff Bezos was. Jeff Bezos was a nerdy guy who decided that he was going to uh, give up his good job. And he gave up his good job and he created a company called Amazon. And Amazon was so raggedy that he didn't even have a real sign. He just wrote Amazon.com on, on a big piece of paper and put it up on the wall and said, this is my business. This is his ugly, raggedy little business that nobody wanted. But he loved that baby like it was golden. He loved that company like it was the most important company in the world. He believed in that company more than a lot of you believe in your little raggedy businesses. A lot of y'all got ragged. Let's just be honest. Some of y'all got businesses that ain't made a nickel in the last two years. Some of y'all got businesses that ain't going to make a nickel this year. I'm not making fun of you at all because I, I understand that I've been in that situation. I've been in situations where not only did I not make a nickel, but I was losing a lot of nickels. I was losing nickels. I was throwing nick throwing good nickels at bad nickels for nickels that were never gonna ever ever exist. I understand. I get it. I I I resonate with this picture of Bezos sitting in his office looking like a lonely man that nobody where nobody cares about your little business. I understand that because that was me, man. That was me back in 2006 in Syracuse. What do I pay attention to me? What do I read my articles? Nobody's watching any videos I did. Nobody knew the name Boyce Watkins. Nobody cared about that. But you know what? I cared. I cared. And you know what I also said when I was sitting in my office all lonely and cold, cold ass Syracuse? I said, I, I said I'm going I'm to I'm grind so hard that eventually everybody's going to care. You know, there, there's that old saying that says, uh, you know, keep hustling until your haters ask if you're hiring. And that's just not that's nothing but but the commitment to making the power moves necessary for you to be in a position where you are in charge, where you're getting things done. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. You know, so Amazon start off. Let me read the timeline to you. Uh, I put it on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. And uh, just so you know, I'm going to do more of these because I really feel like we we think we like to believe we put people on a pedestal. We believe white folks are better than us. Uh, we believe that they can do things we can't do. 
So we have this weird thing where we will go and dedicate our whole lives, send our children to go work for an Amazon instead of believing our children can create an Amazon. We have children that are probably smarter than Bezos. They, they can get on a computer and do anything on a computer like Bezos could, who are going to be engineers like Bezos. And pay attention now. You know, I talk about this in my book. My book, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. If you want to get a copy, you can get, actually get a copy on Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's, it's got five-star reviews. So I hope you guys uh, will leave a review if you buy a copy. And, uh, and one of the things I talk about in this book is the bad economic soil. In the black community, we have bad economic soil. If you think about bad soil, bad soil is where, where, where flowers and trees can't grow. Bad soil is where things go to die. And, and ultimately, you have a lot of bad economic soil. Well, why is that? Why am I, or boys, why are you hating on black people? You hating on black people, boy. I ain't hating on black people. I'm loving black people because I'm telling you the truth. Give me a yes or no. How many of you have family members where if you go and you tell them I'm starting a business and it's going to be as big as Amazon one day, how many of you got family members that will laugh at you? They not only will laugh at you, they will uh, they will crap on you. How many of y'all got family members that won't, won't buy nothing from you, won't invest a nickel in you, won't even give you time or attention, won't even share your posts on Instagram? They're like, who the hell, he, who she thinks she is with this old raggedy little business, your little stupid business? Uh, well, how about, how about we ask you about your little job, your little stupid little job? Well, you up here serving somebody else and building up their institution. You spend so much time taking care of other people's, other people's economic children that you ain't taking care of your own kids. You know, you a deadbeat parent when it comes to your own family's wealth. You're a deadbeat when it comes to your community. You're an absentee parent when it comes to the economic growth in your own family. But yet you showing up every day for, for the white man. I'm not making fun of white. This is not anti-white people. I want to make that clear. People think that when I get, when I tell the truth, they think I get that I'm mad at white people. I don't like Jewish people. Don't like, I know I like everybody. I just love me. And if you're going to go get it, then I'm going to go get it. If we, if you got a right to have it, then we got a right to have it. So I'm saying to you, many of you create bad economic soil. Some of y'all got children right now. If put in the right environment, if nurtured in the right way, could create a, a billion dollar, trillion dollar company in the next 30 years. Some of y'all got kids that are that smart. They, they are, they're going to go to college. They're going to major in engineering. And what's the first thing we say? Again, bad economic soil. What's the first thing we say when we see a kid who's going to go to college and, and major in engineering and they're making straight A's? Ooh, you could get you a good job. They hiring at IBM. They hiring at Google. Ooh, you got a job at Google. Oh, Google. But don't nobody talk about Sergey Brin and Larry, what's his face, they created Google and how they got together as doctoral students and said, let's go ahead and create a search engine that changes the world. We don't talk about, we don't have those high level conversations. We have those low, lower than dirt conversations. Well, maybe, maybe when they, when Google starts hiring, we could go get a, get, get a, get a job with them. Maybe we can go get on with what they got. I'm not making fun of us. I'm not making fun of you. I mean, maybe I, it sounds like I am, and I probably am a little bit. I, I got to confess. But I'm not saying it because I don't believe in us. I would, if I didn't believe in us, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm saying it because the things that Amazon did and the things that Bezos did are the same things that you can do. You know, why, why don't you believe in yourself as much as you believe in white people? How are you going to fight oppression when you worship the oppressor? You want to get on and lick the bottoms of his dusty feet? Just, please, just give me a job. Give me. We'll go to church and pray for jobs. Who does that? What are you talking about? You need to pray for businesses. Pray for strength. Pray for confidence. Pray for wisdom. Pray for courage. 
Pray for resilience. Pray for tenacity. Pray for preparation. Pray for practice. Pray for all the things that are going to make you great. Pray for for pray for for the warrior in you to come out so you can be successful. Don't be praying for no damn job. A job is created by another person, and they give you that. They create opportunities for you. So we grow up saying, "I just want somebody to give me an opportunity." Where's the opportunity come from? Oh, it comes from the person that you've made into your economic guide. What I am praying at church for something that a white man can easily give me by snapping his fingers, I might as well be praying to the white man. Why could why, why don't you cut out the middleman instead of praying to God and hoping that God delivers the message to your boss? Why don't you just go pray to your boss? Uh, sir, um, uh, Heavenly Father, <laughs> I, hope, I pray that you will bestow upon me an opportunity so that I can feed my kids because I don't believe I can do it. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But you, Heavenly Father, are are the almighty and you have the power to change entire worlds. Give me a yes or no if you understand what I'm saying. We we put other people on the pedestal and we put ourselves on the bottom of the pedestal. That's why that's why to this day there's not been a black man or black woman to do what Jeff Bezos did. If Jeff Bezos had been black and coming in our community with the, the with the non-fertile economic soil, Jeff Bezos would not have founded Amazon. You know what he would be doing? He'd be some black man who's a highly paid executive making maybe $700,000 a year for some big white corporation. And we'd be saying, man, he winning. He winning, yo. He winning. That's black excellence, y'all. And he done left the black community. He ain't created one, not one job for another black person. Not created one opportunity for nobody. He's basically Deion Sanders going off to Colorado. <laughs> like, no disrespect to Deion, but Lord Jesus, a, a trillion dollars in, in, in economic value could be created, could have been created. But if, if all of our black athletes and black coaches and black men and black women were pouring into black institutions. And for anybody who wants to know if I'm doing that, I am. It's called the Black Business School, which is worth about $30 million now and has employed lots of black people and put millions of dollars in the black community. So, so don't get with that whole nonsense about what you don't support HBCUs. No, I built one, damn it. So stop it. Stop it. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. We're talking about Amazon and Jeff Bezos. And I'm going to give you a little bit of the history of Amazon so that we can understand what it takes to create a billion dollar, trillion dollar entity. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. It takes persistence. People who are chasing jobs can't go chase dreams. They can't. Your dream is not at that job. We, in fact, when you grow up using terms like dream job, that's weird. There's no such thing as a dream job. There's very. It's very rare that you will find a form of slavery that is equivalent to your dream, unless you have a very small dream. So stop using the term dream job. The jobs are built to sustain you. They're not built to help you elevate your dream. You're not going to live your best life at the factory. You're not. You're not going to uh, elevate to your highest self. Uh, at, on the corporate plantation. The corporate plantation is not built for that. You're not going to ever be uh, be, a, be a better human being because you spend more time with your boss than you spend with your kids and the people that love you. I'm not dissing anybody that has a job. I get it. I understand. We've all had jobs. Many of us have because that's the culture we grow up in. We're built to serve. We're trained to serve. We're trained to serve everybody but ourselves. I, I know the history. But at the end of the day, stop saying dream job. There's no dream job. You got to create that. Let me keep going. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe. 
And uh, and just in case you're looking for tools that can help you achieve these goals, uh, we have financial workbooks that we spent years developing for black children. Uh, and uh, they cover every grade band. They cover stocks, investing, uh, and as well as the fundamentals of money. So if you'd like to take a look at our financial workbook packages, feel free to go to financialworkbooks.com. There's the URL all there. And also uh, because we believe in teaching wealth to children at an early age so they can get ahead and get past uh, the, the limitations of the system. We also have financial flashcards. And so you can go to financialflashcards.com to take a look. All right. So uh, let me let me jump. Let me jump into this because um, I'm actually speaking today at the Generational Wealth Conference hosted by Julian Gordon and his crew. Julian, again, another great guy who went to Stanford. Julian went to UCLA. Julian could have went and got a great job working for somebody else, but Julian understood the bigger vision. And now Julian is a multimillionaire uh, who owns lots of real estate properties because he's able to think outside that box. So that's why Julian is my buddy. That's why we relate. That's why I love this guy. So let me let me keep going. So uh, here uh, here's a, a quick timeline of Amazon. And I want you to just kind of pay attention because a lot of you are in a similar place to where Bezos was in the 1990s. In 1994, Bezos founded Amazon as an online bookseller out of his garage in Seattle, Washington. He couldn't afford an office, so he started up in his garage. Uh, in 1995, Amazon expanded to sell music and other products, but it struggled to make a profit. For many years, Bezos was not making money. For many years, he was making less money than you. For many years, Amazon was criticized and ridiculed because Amazon was losing money, like a lot of your businesses are losing money. But a lot of times, you got to understand when you're losing money, that means that you're just one pivot away from the creation of something that's actually going to work. You just have to believe in what you're doing. You got to keep feeding the malnourished, ugly little baby, right? And believe that that baby's going to grow. If you don't love that baby, then nobody else will. Many of us will abandon great ideas and great possibilities and go for the safety and security of that job. But unfortunately, here's 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 a news flash in case you don't um, know this. Your children cannot inherit a job. You can't put a job. You can't write your um, last will and in, in estate plan and your trust and uh, and put, you know, uh, to uh, my my son, uh, Joseph, to whom who's, who's been very loyal to me all these years, I'd leave my my job um, working the third shift at the Ford plant. I you you can inherit my job. Like, can, give me a yes or no. Did, does anybody has anybody ever seen a person who's been able to legally put their job in their will? Can they can they do that? You know, no, you can't do that. You, you because you, if you work, you know, black people die early, right? And, and we'll die at our desk because we're that dedicated. And when you die at your desk, they're going to roll you out of your dead body out of that desk and then uh, take you down to the morgue. And then they're going to have somebody else in that desk in about 48 hours or so. And then everything that you worked for your whole entire life will be forgotten. Your legacy will not exist. It'll be as if you never mattered and you never will, especially if you don't leave anything behind. So I hate to tell you this, but as hard as you work at that job, you're not able to leave any of that to anybody. That's the company's job. You're just you're just a placeholder. That's the reality. I hate saying it like that. I don't want to be mean. You know, I'm not job shaming. I'm just job. I'm, I'm, I'm job truthing. If you, I'm telling you the truth. All right. I know the Negro naysayers are going to have things to say. Uh, they always do. Uh, Negro naysayers are people that always find a problem with every solution. Uh, when when you when when I tell you to elevate, the Negro naysayers tell you that you can't elevate because you're black. Um, 
and 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 they're also going to make fun of you. They're going to look at your little business and they're going to be like, oh, you, you got that little business. Well, guess what? Look at me. I work for NBC or look at me. I'm with Brown University or look at me. I work for Google. Right. And they and they're going to make you feel bad because what you have is not bright and shiny like what they're associated with. But the thing is that they don't own it. They don't own you work at NBC, but you don't own NBC. You know, you work at Google, but you don't, you don't own Google. You ain't, you ain't got you ain't got nothing but about ten shares of Google stock. They, they don't they don't invite you to planning meetings where they're deciding the direction of the company. But guess what? In my little territory, I own this. This is my oh yeah. I, there's many inst there's there's several businesses and institutions where I come in and make decisions and decide the trajectory and the future of those businesses. I I can put these things in my will and my trust. The Black Business School is in my estate plan. I'm leaving 80% of my wealth to that institution, to that Black-owned institution, to make sure they continue our core values for the next three or four hundred years. We're building the Black Harvard. I don't need to be in Harvard. Why, would, why in the hell would I waste my life at Harvard when I'm building a, an institution that's better than Harvard when it comes to solving the black wealth problem in this society? And fortunately, I was lucky enough to build another great institution with an awesome black woman who also has a doctorate, who is a full professor of social work, who is a licensed therapist, who is a certified clinical trauma professional, who understands all the trauma that black people experience, who has who has bought in to this idea that we are building something together. We're building legacy together. So my family is an institution that I'm pouring into. So I ain't got time to pour into your institutions because I'm pouring into ours. Uh, my business is an institution. I ain't got time to go. It can't, can't, the university, Yale University can't call me up and say, Dr. Watkins, we've seen your excellent work in the black community. We want to have a the Negro chapter of Yale University. We need we need the Negro extension plan. And we'd like for you to head our, our department of Negro, our department of Negro wealth and Negro finance. No, I, I, I would look at them and say, thank you very much for the offer. But you got to find somebody else for that. You got to find somebody who got time because I don't have time. Because I'm a boss just like you. I run an institution just like you. I, I have a university. I have things I'm doing just like you. I, I got colleagues that I work with just like you. What in the world makes you think? Pay attention now. I need y'all to understand this. This is, the, this is the disrespect that you see as black people. White folks that are powerful, that run their companies, they expect that you're going to drop everything you got going on to come sit up next to them because they're assuming you ain't got nothing to do. You're like the, the, the side chick that the dude calls on a Friday night and says, hey, baby, we're going to the movies tonight. And he ain't even wondering if she's got another date. He ain't wondering if she got a man that loves her. He ain't wondering if she got a husband because he knows she ain't got nothing going on. Because all you're doing, your job is to sit around and wait for me to choose you. You are a pick me. That's a pick me. We talk about pick me's on the internet that terms being used, overused, because pick me, unfortunately, has been used to describe women who respect and love black men. No, that don't make you a pick me. That makes you a good person. That makes you desirable. But but the real pick me's are the people that believe that our job as black people is to sit around and hope that white folks decide they want to include us in things. That was a false idea that was given to you in integration, because if you really are into what you got going on and you believe in what you're doing and you love what you're doing and you're good at what you're doing and you see value in what you're doing, then you ain't worried about what somebody else got going on down the street. Seriously, I can't. I'm stunned by how many people really think that <clears throat> I'm sitting around here 
doing my podcast every day, waiting for a white television network or a white radio station to decide to give me a job. What in the world am I going to do with your job other than tell you to shove it up your ass? What in the world am I going to do with that job? I'm not a job guy. You can't hire me just like you can't go hire Bezos. You're not going to walk up to Jeff Bezos and say, hey, Jeff, we we, 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 see, we like what you're doing. You, we think you're really smart, bro, buddy, and we'd like to offer you an opportunity in our corporation. He don't need you to offer him an opportunity. He creates and manifests opportunities. This man created a million jobs. A million jobs. And I need you all to ask this question. You put all these celebrities on a pencil. Diddy, Diddy, black excellence, y'all. Well, how many thousands of jobs has Diddy created? Uh, Jay-Z, that's that's black excellence, y'all. Okay, can I go to Marcy Projects and find 50,000 people that are employed because of Jay-Z? Well, uh, Dr. Dre just sold his uh, his uh, his whole catalog for 200 million. Well, good for Dr. Dre. Maybe he'll go give more a, a bigger donation to USC next time and ignore the entire black community. Dr. Dre getting 200 million dollars ain't got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. I'm looking for the black people that are creating 50,000 jobs, 80,000 jobs, 10,000 jobs, shit, 100 jobs. This is what moves an economy forward. This is what moves a community forward, y'all. This is what gives you power. Jewish people do it all the time. That's why y'all mad at them. That's why y'all sit around mad. Well, the Jews, they control everything. Yeah, they do. They're like, yeah, we do. But and you better not say it or we're going to pimp slap your ass. Because <laughs> we own all the actors and celebrities you look up to. Oh, we built them and we can destroy them in a minute. They look at a Denzel and they look at all these people that you consider your heroes and they say, Oh, they, they talk like your mama used to talk. they like, Negro, I bought you into this world. I could take you out. They do. <laughs> they can destroy people very quickly. They can They can cancel people. Kanye was right. They created cancel culture to say, the, the minute you start getting high and mighty and thinking that you actually control anything up in here, oh, we're going to remind you that we're really the ones back behind the scenes. The 2% of us, oh, we're, we're, we're controlling the banks. You're applying for the bank loans. We're applying for the bank charters. Oh, we're controlling Hollywood. You're trying to get a job in the movie. Oh, we're, we're funding the entire movie. So we decide who the movie star is going to be. See, y'all got to understand what power looks like, man. And so, so the reason I was interested in sharing this story about Amazon is because I needed you to understand that Amazon, there ain't nothing real special about it other than the fact that Bezos was committed. He was smart. He worked with the right people. He kept building uh, through the years. You know, the, the company started just making money. I mean, it, it started off, it was losing money for a very long time, and people were making fun of the company. Again, they have the white version of the Negro naysayer, and they were like, Amazon's nothing. Amazon ain't going to go into nothing. What you doing? You're quitting a good job, man. What you doing? And then Bezos started making money, started clocking sales. This is in billions, y'all. This is billions of dollars. So 2007, he's almost at $20 billion in sales. In 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, this is growth, 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 growth. And here's the hilarious part. This ain't even a fraction of what they're making right now. Oh, but this number here, that's that's $60 billion. That's $60 billion. Oh, but that's when they were a baby. That's when they were a baby. Uh, you, you know what Amazon's... Um, <laughs> Amazon annual revenue. Let me see. What was Amazon's annual revenue in 2022? Uh, $502.19 billion. 
$500 billion in revenue started from a company that started off looking like this. I mean, come on, man. If, if that don't help you understand what it takes to become great, then I don't know what does. You know, and, and there's black companies, there's black businesses out there. I'm going to tell you about those two, people like A.G. Gaston and others. And the reality is that you're looking up to the wrong people. You're not looking up to builders. You're looking up to people who have, who are the beneficiaries of builders. You look up to rappers and athletes who don't know how. They can't even. All these athletes got all this money. They can't even create a sports league. That's lame as hell. I, I don't want to know about the guy who can shoot a three-point shot. I want to know about the guy who created the NFL. I want to. Learn, I don't want to learn about the guy who can run into the end zone. I want to know about the guy who bought the Chicago Bears for fifty bucks. That's worth five billion dollars a couple of generations later. That's what. That, those are the stories that inspire me. So if you ever want to get insights into the mind of Boyce Watkins, that that's an insight into my mind. I'm literally studying people that started with nothing and ended up with everything. And I'm like, how did you do it? Oh, I get it. You worked hard as hell. You worked with the right people. You blocked out the toxic energy. You stayed on your grind. You invested your life. You had the patience. You had the vision. You made the sacrifice. And now you're scoring touchdowns and everybody's wondering how you did it. I'm not wondering anymore. Now you know where Amazon comes from. In 1997, Amazon went public, but it stopped struggled to gain traction. The stock price. Oh, let me. <laughs> this is this is good. This shows you the value of being a visionary. Let me show you another little chart. Do me a favor. Um, uh, if you haven't done it yet, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you have not done it yet. And also, by the way, thank you to those of you who joined us in our financial slumber party. We had a really good time and we had a blast. We played New Edition and Sheila E and, and all kinds of old school music and also did a, a, a lecture called Stock Market Decoded. And uh, so if you'd like to uh, uh, take a look at the financial slumber party, just go to voicewalkins.com. We saved the recording. We cut the price in half. Uh, it's yours for life and you can share it with your family. It's a very good training on stock market investing. Uh, also, uh, just a reminder, don't forget this podcast is on Spotify. Just look up the Dr. Boyce breakdown. So let me show y'all this little chart. This is going to blow your mind. If you're listening on Spotify, you can't see the chart. So I'll describe it for you. All right. So let me um, let me see if I can find my Chrome tab here that I'm looking for. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Here's the one. All right. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. See, this is this show. This is showing y'all. Everybody's like, well, where's the wealth? Where's the money? And, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I, I have a PhD in finance, so I can see the money very clearly. So maybe sometimes I get it overzealous and, and frustrated because people are listening to the wrong people. I, I, I scream from the rooftops. The money's over here. The mo- the wealth is over there. And people don't listen because they want to listen to rappers like Lil Baby or something or some rapper talking about his baby's mamas and they don't want to hear where the money is and they complain that they don't have any money well because you ain't listening to the right people to be honest with you uh so here's Amazon stock look at this Amazon let's look at compare now Amazon stock price now is $98 it's dropped a lot in the last year it was up to 173 look at what uh Amazon stock price was in May 16 1997 <laughs> is that nine cents is that nine cents? Is that let, let's go to 2005? Was that $2 <laughs> or 2004? Let's go to 2000. And how many of y'all remember 2012 like it was yesterday? Anybody remember 2012? Give me a yes in the chat. If 2012, if you're stunned that it's 2023 when 2012 was just 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 the other day. 
and, and I want you to look at this. Give me a yes. Can you see this chart? Look at what you could have bought Amazon stock for in 2012. $11.42. 11.42 and this stock was years later going to be worth 173 dollars now it's 98 bucks so you nine not you're talking about nine xing the investment so even if you didn't start amazon if you simply had the vision to be a consistent stock market investor you would be you could be a millionaire off just that stock alone i could do the same thing with apple I can do the same thing with Nike. I can do the same thing with a lot of companies that you knew about years ago, but you didn't want to invest because your favorite rapper told you to go buy a Gucci chain or told you to go buy a bottle of Henny at the club or told you to go buy some Popeye's chicken or told you to go buy some shoes at the mall or told you to go buy the new, you know, the, the new S-Class or whatever it is that you feel like is your status symbol, even though you ain't paid off your student loans yet because you went to Yale and you want to show your mama that you made it i'm not making fun of anybody i promise but it's the truth we are given bad advice there is money everywhere in this economy there are opportunities all over the place but and they're sitting right in front of you right now there are things that are happening right now that are worth a nickel that are going to be worth a million dollars in less than a decade so the question is at that point at that point you're playing an economic game of where's waldo where's waldo means where's the damn wealth Where's wealth though? Where's the wealth? It's it's around me somewhere. I know it's in here. I got to find it. Maybe getting some training on identifying wealth can help you understand that. A lot of this stuff that you worship, a lot of these companies you look up to, like, oh, I want to be employed by UPS or Amazon or whatever. They were started by people who were no better than you. That's why I'm telling this story about Amazon. Let me keep reading a little bit more. And, uh, and I got to go. I got to get ready. I'm giving a speech today at the Generational Wealth Conference. And and I don't want to disappoint my friends, so I got to make sure I get ready for that. I don't want to lose my voice before I get out there. Uh, but y'all know how I talk to y'all every day. I can't stop doing that. Um, 1999, Amazon launches Amazon Marketplace, allowing third-party sellers to list products on its website. That's huge. They start letting other people use their platform. 2002, Amazon launches Amazon Web Services, providing cloud computing services to businesses. Amazon Web Services became itself a, I don't know, maybe $100 billion company. Um, Amazon in 2003, Amazon launches e-read, Kindle e-reader, becoming the first major e-reader in the market. 2007, Amazon launches its Amazon Prime subscription service, which generates tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, offering free two-day shipping. 2011, Amazon launches Amazon App Store. Oh, that's a big deal. Uh, 2013, Amazon acquires Whole Foods. 2018, Amazon becomes the secondly pu second publicly traded company to reach a trillion-dollar market cap. 2019, Amazon launches Amazon Go. Amazon is currently worth a trillion dollars, and they employ over a million people. Many of you and many of your children have the ability to create companies that are going to be that great. But you will never, ever create an Amazon if you are spending all your time serving the corporate plantation. That's it. I'm, I mean, I'm not dogging anybody. I'm just saying that's the fact. Jeff Bezos could never have built Amazon without putting the 50,000 hours of work in that would have been wasted if he'd stayed at his high paying job. Some of y'all got high paying jobs with good companies. Some of y'all got fancy degrees, master's degrees. Some of y'all got PhDs, law degrees, MDs, JDs, all kinds of letters behind your name that they stamped you with to make you feel like you're better than other people. For that, I congratulate you. But one of the things I think that we have to think about as black people is how many of our highly educated black people are 
really beholden to somebody else's institution deciding if they're even going to acknowledge or recognize your degree. I say this as the black man. I was the only African-American on the planet to get a PhD in finance during the year 2002. I've not met one since. 20 years ago, I got my PhD. Even with credentials at that level, when I started becoming very pro-black, I started being seen as dangerous because I talk about things like black wealth. I speak in a very clear, uh, unfiltered sort of way. Uh, and that offends people. That makes people very nervous. And there's nothing that scares white folks more than an intelligent black man who's smarter than they are with all the credentials who ain't scared of none of their BS. So even with all the credentials I had, if I had chosen to stay on that pathway, it would have been very difficult for me to get jobs with big white corporations because black people like me do not fit because you live in a country that has never ever truly embraced or respected black people as we are. You live in a country that tolerates you. They don't truly celebrate you. If they really cared about you and they really want the best for you, then they would give you back that $14 trillion in wealth that they stole from your ancestors. And they know that that money was stolen. Everything has been completely proven. But even your own black politicians won't even fight for that money. So I'm not dig I'm not sitting around getting mad. I'm not going to sit around complaining about what white folks doing. I just told them, I look, y'all, you, you know, if you want my vote, you're going to have to do certain things. I, I have said that. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at what we got. I'm looking at what we can do. I'm looking at what we can build. I'm looking at how great we are. What can we build together? But we will never build it if we don't learn how to pour into it. If you're spending 40 hours of your week serving another community's institutions, then your children, your, your institutions are going to die. You can't serve two masters. Your, your institutions can't grow if you're abandoning your institutions and your neighborhoods and your families every day to go serve and support other people. Dr. Claude Anderson wrote about this in his book, Poweronomics. He talks about the black servant who would, the black maid who would get up in the morning and make sure that the white children, uh, that they had hot food when they woke up, that they that the the fire the fire had been started in the in the in the in the um, fireplace and that they had clo warm clothes to wear and that they were taking care of all the, the whole entire day and then they would come home at night when the white children were put safely to bed and then nobody would ever ask what was happening with their children while they were off taking care of the white kids. Well, the same thing is true today for us as educated sharecroppers. We get up in the morning. We abandon our neighborhoods, abandon our families, abandon our businesses, abandon our own dreams so we can go and make sure that we're taking care of and managing the dreams of somebody else. We're managing somebody else's business. We're in somebody else's space. We're taking we make sure somebody else's kids have enough wealth to go to college. And then we come home at night and nobody wonders what is happening with our kids, our community, our institutions, our stuff while we're gone. And it comes from culture. Culture is everything. It comes from the very same culture that will watch, uh, say, what happened with Deion Sanders. And I keep bringing it up, but, and I know people get mad because I get it. it it's hard to hear this, but I got to bring it up because I need y'all to understand this. I understand people who were accepted Deion Sanders making his decision to leave Jackson State and go to Colorado. We don't know the specifics of their relationship. We don't know nothing about that. I, I understand when you are like, okay, well, you know, it's your right to do that. I get that part. But when you celebrate that, 
when you are singing and dancing and praising Jesus, like doing the, the church stuff because you think that somehow he had a come up? You're calling that a come up? You know, what Being associated with Colorado and building Colorado's legacy is a come up? Going from being a boss to being an employee is a come up? And when you're thinking like that, I'm thinking, what? Well, what is, I don't understand this. You must have no appreciation or respect for what you got going on. If you think that being associated with what they got going on means that you're actually on a come up. Black institutions and black businesses and black dreams and black possibilities die because we think that being associated with the whatever the white man has built is a come up. And that is a false idea I rejected entirely. At best, it is a situation and a condition that you tolerate until you have the ability to play the real game of wealth and power. You go get the job until you have enough wealth to walk away and start creating jobs. You only go and work for other people because your mama didn't leave you no inheritance. You don't have a lot of financial literacy. Maybe you're stuck in the student loan trap and you got to do this to get by until you can escape. That is a very nice prison that you're signing up for, and a prison ain't a home. I don't care if it's a luxury prison. It still ain't the same as being in your own home. So stop talking about dream jobs. And I ain't dreaming about no job. A job to me right now at this point, when you are a free black man, a, a, a job ain't a dream. A job is a nightmare. Really. And, and But this is free black man talk. Some some people ain't gonna get it. Some people gonna get mad. Some people gonna think that I'm I'm I'm. They're gonna find some way to twist it into something negative because that's what you are trained to do. Because you were trained by the wrong people, and that's why your family will never generate a Jeff Bezos because you don't even believe enough in your own possibilities to invest in yourself. If you ain't willing to invest in yourself then what in the hell makes you think that anybody else will invest in you? You ain't even willing to invest in yourself. You won't even support your own businesses. So why should they? You don't even care about your community. So why should anybody else? Well, black lives matter. We need white people to know black lives matter. Well, how are you going to think black lives matter? How, how are you going to get them to believe black lives matter when you don't believe black lives matter? Little babies can get shot in your neighborhood. And as a man, you're not even saying anything. You're not doing anything about it. Seriously. So if you don't if you don't value what you have, then nobody will. If you don't see the vision and what's in front of you, then then no one else will. Stop waiting on somebody else to see the vision that you're too blind to see in yourself. That's the vision God gave you. But but if you choose to put on the blinders, it'll never come to fruition. So anyway, guys, that's it. That's all I want to say. I gotta go. I gotta get. I gotta get down to the <laughs> convention center. <laughs> I'm speaking at the Generational Wealth Conference in Atlanta this week, so I'm, I'm about to uh, get on out of here, guys. And uh, it, this, this this is a funny thing. I got a University of Georgia mug because um, I was in the. I, I like to have my own coffee mug in the hotel, and, uh, and and I went to. I got my PhD at Ohio State. So, um, but so just so you know, I, I, in my own slave training, I, I actually was affiliated with Ohio state and I was mad that they lost that game the other day. I'm a big football fan, by the way. So, so there is a lighter side to me, but there is the other side of me that's hundred percent dead serious about all of this stuff. And I hope that this is beneficial to you. I hope that this helps you see uh, what I see. And I hope that I can encourage you uh, to become great at what you do. So anyway, I'm out of here, guys. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe. Uh, if you want to check out our financial flashcards for children, feel free to go to financialflashcards.com. Uh, that uh, URL is right on the screen. And also, uh, we do Powernomics training for free in the Black Business School. If you'd like to join our Powernomics training and also get ac a free access to my life class, feel free to go to blackkeystogreatness.com. So God bless you guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take care now. Peace.